How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of English Encore. I'm your host, Nick English. Thank you all for tuning in. Hope everyone's staying safe. So today I'm be going over um, my seven-round mock draft for the Bills. Um, I was just announced the other day that the drafts are going to be conducted kind of virtually this year, so NFL teams will be drafting from home because of the coronavirus and whatnot. So I'm going to go through my seven-round mock draft for the Bills and then I'm also going to go through my all-time starting lineup for both the Bills and the Sabres. Um, includes players from today and from the past. Um, I kind of created those lineups based on, um, you know, overall skill level, not necessarily how long they were with the team, as well as kind of um, some of the guys that are in there are, are on the current teams. It's kind of um, they're in there because of their projected future. Um, so I'll go through that, but first I'm going to go through, um, my seven round mock draft for the bills. Um, they do not have a first round pick because they just made that trade with the Vikings for Stefan Diggs. So Stefan Diggs is essentially their number one pick this year, which I absolutely loved. I think it's exactly what the bills offense needed. It'll definitely be able to let them know if Josh Allen can be the guy going forward. There's really no excuses. Now they already have an elite defense you have Diggs and Brown on the outside now. Cole Beasley can now just primarily stay in the slot. Diggs can also move into the slot when needed. Um, Devin Singletary year two is going to be great. Um, second year with pretty much the same exact offensive line, if not even adding a little bit more to it. Um, we don't really know what Darrell Williams is going to be. They just recently signed from the Panthers, but um, Dawson Knox going to year two as well. So Dable year three. Um, so... It's really a big year for Allen. I think adding Diggs was huge. And where the Bills were sitting at 22, what they gave up to get Diggs really probably only moves them up to probably around the 18th pick if they wanted to move up to grab another receiver. And me personally, the only receivers I would have moved up to get would be CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, or Henry Ruggs. And I honestly don't think any of them are going to be there at 18. I think they'd have to move up almost to the 14 to 16 range because I personally think, um, you know, the Jets could possibly take one. You know, I think they've signed three offensive linemen in the offseason, and who knows if they want to continue to address that. Their receiving core is probably one of the worst in the NFL right now. So if a guy like C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy sitting there, I believe they're picking 10th or 11th. Um, I think it's going to be hard for the past team like Denver. It's not our team. Um, I was going to say Arizona potentially, but they just got DeAndre Hopkins. So you don't really know. And I feel like wide receivers and quarterbacks are always interesting just because I feel like once one quarterback and one wide receiver gets drafted, that's when it kind of puts things into swing. And a lot of other teams want to trade up and get those guys. And I think the Bills understood that and Brandon Bean decided to pull the trigger on Diggs. Young player, he's only 26, so it's four more years on his contract um, at a good cap, but I think they are going to have to probably restructure or maybe extend him a little bit and give him some more money, but with the cap space we have, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. So in round two, pick 54, um, this is a very intriguing pick because I think the Bills can go really in four directions. If they just want to continue to bolster their offense, they could just go with another wide receiver or a running back to compliment Devin Singletary. But based on Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott's comments about TJ Yeldon, it almost seems like they are comfortable with him being the number two. 
Um, he didn't play a ton last year, but he does add a little bit of that receiving game element. And uh, not that Singletary can't catch the ball out of the backfield, but I think uh, Yeldon's a more polished um, route runner and receiving running back. Obviously, he's been in the league longer, so that makes sense. Um, and I just don't know if they want to take away carries from Singletary, so um, it's tough to tell. Um, Chase Clypool's been a name that's been rumored around for the Bills, their second pick, the wide receiver from Notre Dame. He's six foot four, huge body receiver. The Bills are still kind of missing that. Um, Stephon Diggs, six foot one, can beat anyone one on one, which is going to be great. But I think the Bills still need to add that big wide receiver. Um, you know, Duke Williams was good in his limited appearances last year, but um, dropped a few big balls in the Texans playoff game. I think they still like him, but they still need that other big receiver. Edge rusher is interesting just because of Trent Murphy, Jerry Hughes, and Mario Addison's age. All very productive at the defensive end position. Um, Trent Murphy really turned out the end of last year after he hasn't really been that stellar in his Bills tenure so far. Um, and they could look to go that route. But one thing that we know about McDermott is he loves defense. And any chance he can add to make his defense go from great to elite he's probably gonna do it and I think Addison is gonna be a primary starter if they decide to move on from Trent Murphy or even keep him I think Hughes and him will be in a rotation which I think can only up their production because they won't be getting as many snaps at an older age and then you have Ed Oliver going into year two you have Harrison Phillips they signed Jefferson and Butler to really stuff up the run defense. You know, Edmonds and Milano were only going to continue to get better with A.J. Klein. They decide as well. But for some reason, the cornerback position just keeps intriguing me. Um, I know they signed Josh Norman, and they brought back E.J. Gaines, a couple veterans. You know, Levi Wallace has been here, but he's kind of had an up-and-down year last year. And obviously, Travis White's one of the top two, if not the best cornerback in the NFL, alongside Stephon Gilmore. Um... But with round two, I decided to go with Trevon Diggs, a cornerback from Alabama, partially because he's Stephon Diggs' brother. And I think, I know you shouldn't just pick a player because it could get Stephon Diggs to stay here longer, want to resign, um, stay with his current contract, whatever. But Trevon Diggs is a very talented corner and he fits right in McDermott's system. Um, he's very good in zone. He has to get a little bit better man-to-man just from watching some film on him. But... Um, and you know, Brian Dable used to be coach at Alabama. So I think he probably knows a lot of the personnel there and would be able to kind of give him a, um, a little bit of insight on Diggs. And obviously it'd just be a cool story to have both Diggs ballers on the same team. So that's the route I went with their round two pick round three, pick 86. I have them taking Van Jefferson, the wide receiver from Florida, addressing that big wide receiver need. He's like six foot three and a half, six foot four, um, Big body to receiver, really big red zone threat when he was at Florida. Um, round four, I went with Bradley and Nay, the defensive end from Utah. Um, his draft stock's kind of been up and down. Um, you know, teams aren't really able to go and watch these prospects right now, and it's definitely going to be a weird draft. Um, he's kind of been in that three to five range. Um, I had him in a few other mock drafts that I've done before in the third round, but he's kind of slipped a little bit in the past few weeks. But snagging him in the fourth round pick, I think to learn behind a guy like Jerry Hughes would be really good. Round five, I have them taking Keyshawn Vaughn, the running back from Vanderbilt. Um, it's always good just to add another running back on the roster. I don't think he's really going to 
push Singletary for a starting spot, but he has good athleticism. Um, I think he still needs to work on getting through the tackles a little bit more. He kind of tends to bounce it outside a lot. Um, but I think it's good to add another ring back because really right now all you have is Yeldon and Singletary. I know they have Sonoris Perry, but um, he's more of a special teamer than he is a running back. And obviously it doesn't seem like they're interested in bringing back Frank Gore. Um, round six, pick 188. I have been picking Justin Stranod, the linebacker from Wake Forest. Um, really good tackler. Needs to get a little bit better in zone defense awareness. But overall, I think he fits into McDermott and Frazier's defensive scheme. And I think he will learn well behind Milano. Um, you know, I feel like A.J. Klein's going to be kind of rotating. Not rotating. He'll definitely be the starter. But I think guys like um, Voshan Joseph and Jaquan Johnson, whether um, even Saran Neal, sometimes the Bills only have Edmonds and Milano and they bring in the additional safety. Um, but I think Voshan Joseph's another guy that they drafted that shows he can really um, potentially be that next guy in line. Um, round six again, the second of our six-round picks. I've been taking Alex Taylor, the offensive tackle from South Carolina State. Um, I think the Bills have really addressed their offensive line. I mean, you look at um, three years ago, um, Tyrod's last year started before we got Allen. You know, you lose Eric Wood. You lose Richie Incognito. Um, you traded Cordy Glenn the year that you had two picks um, to get Allen and Edmonds. So, um, you know, it was definitely interesting just because I still think there is a little bit of need in the offensive line. You know, Dawkins and Morse and Quentin Spain are pretty much locked in, set in stone. But the other two spots are really up for grabs. I know John Feliciano had a great year last year. I think he's kind of plugged in there as well. I know Darrell Williams will be competing for that job too. But then that outside tackle position, um, you know, Cody Ford had some nice moments last year. Same thing with Ty Inseki, but he had some injury issues. Um, and then they had Lajry and Waddle. Who knows if they're going to bring him back. So anything you can add to some offensive line depth, especially when those injuries happen, you do never really know um, how severe they can be and how good your backups are. So I think adding an offensive tackle there is good. And then round seven, um, the last pick in the draft for the Bills, I picked 239, which they got from the Vikings in the Stephon Diggs trade. Um, I really wasn't sure where to go here. You know, they could add another defensive tackle, a tight end, or even another quarterback, kind of to push Matt Barkley, just because I do think they do need to add another quarterback to kind of groom along, because Matt Barkley, even though he's capable of being a good, decent backup, um, if Josh Allen were to get hurt, which I'm hoping to God he never does, but because of his running ability and whatnot, uh, you know, you saw Barkley last year when he came in during the Patriots game, he was okay. And then when he played the Jets week 17, he looked awful, even though he slaughtered them the year before. So never uh, bad to bring in some QB competition for the back spot. But I ended up going with another wide receiver, Kendrick Rogers, wide receiver from Texas A&M, another guy who's 6'4". Um, honestly, if you look at most drafts, I feel like the guys in the 5 through 7 rounds either usually don't make your team or end up being on your practice squad or getting cut. So... If you can find a diamond in the rough and just bring in some big body receivers um, and hopefully one of them sticks kind of like you found Duke Williams. Um, they found Isaiah McKenzie a few years ago. Just finding the right guy in the for the offense, um, I think it'd be great. So just a quick recap. No first round pick because of Stephon Diggs trade. 
Round two, Trevon Diggs, the cornerback from Alabama. Round three, Van Jefferson, wide receiver from Florida. Round four, Bradley and Nay, the defensive end from Utah. Round five, Keyshawn Vaughn, the running back from Vanderbilt. Round six, Justin Sternod, linebacker Wake Forest. Second of the round six, Alex Taylor, offensive tackle from South Carolina State. And then finally, round seven, Kendrick Rogers, the wide receiver from Texas A&M. Um, so now getting into my all-time teams, um, I'm going to start off with the Bills just because we're already talking about football. Um, like I talked about last week when I was doing um, my podcast on Monday when I was talking about um, the Bills and the Sabres and whatnot and some of their greatest all-time players, um, I made this based on just their overall skill, impact on the Bills, not necessarily how long they were here. And I was kind of just building the team I thought was going to be the best for the Bills history. Obviously, there are going to be some guys left off here. Um, you know, I didn't get to watch a lot of guys in the old days. So it was kind of just looking through different people's lists and looking through the stats and who people thought were um, dominant at their position during their Bills tenure. Um, so starting off with the offense, quarterback's pretty simple. Jim Kelly pretty much a no-brainer best quarterback in bills history um one of the top quarterbacks in nfl history unfortunately he was never able to win a super bowl but still in the hall of fame um running back i went with thurman thomas over oj simpson just because of you know the remarkable four-year run they had also with thomas's ability as a receiver um i think maybe put him over oj i mean i believe thurman's actually seventh all time for receiving with the bills which is incredibly insane for a running back and then also how i did this um i didn't go fullback and there wasn't really too many fullbacks so i decided to go quarterback one running back and then i went with three wide receiver set as starters so the three wide receivers i picked um i think two of them were no-brainers between andre reed and eric molds i think those are probably the best two bills receivers all time um the third guy i went with was james lofton um, he didn't play with the Bills very long, but his skill set was just on a different level. He's a Hall of Famer. Um, I wish he would have played for the Bills a little longer. Um, like I said, he didn't play for the Bills very long. You know, if I was going for just like the position, maybe even like slot receiver, you could even throw in a guy like Stevie Johnson in this conversation. Lee Evans, Peerless Price, a couple other guys you definitely could have thrown there too. Um, Pete Metzelars was easily the choice for tight end. Not really a lot of other great Bills tight ends in the history. Offensive line was a bit difficult just because there are going to be a few guys that are going to get left off. Starting at offensive tackle, uh, Howard Ballard is going to be my starting uh, left, left tackle. Ruben Brown is going to be one of my offensive guards. Center was really tough because I really like Eric Wood, and I think he is one of the best centers in Bill's history, but I couldn't give him the nod over Kent Hall. Uh, Kent Hall was one of the best offensive linemen in NFL history, especially for the Bills. Uh, really helped propel them to their domination of the offense um, when he was playing. Joe DeLamalure, Hall of Famer, is my other offensive guard. And then this other tackle position was also tough, but I actually went with Jason Peters. Um, I know he wasn't on the Bills for a super long time, but he was two-time Pro Bowlers first two years. 
And he really got the Bills running game going when we had Travis Henry, Willis McGahee, guys like that. And if you just look at how his career has panned out with others in the NFL, he's one of the best tackles um, I think the game's seen in a long time. So I have him there. Um, moving over to the defensive side of the ball, this is where things got a little more intriguing because there were a lot of good players that you could have had on here. Bruce Smith was an easy one for defensive end. Um, defensive tackle spots were a little bit up in the air for me. I did put Kyle Williams on it. Just his overall impact, leadership. I think he should be on the Bills Wall of Fame next along with Fred Jackson. Um, class act, he's a fifth round pick. So um, I think he he's one of the all-time leading tacklers at the defensive uh, tackle position as well. Then the other spot I went, I gave it to Ted Washington, another guy. Um, didn't play for a super long time for the Bills. I believe he played five or six years. I believe he played 12 years total, but um, his best years were definitely with the Bills. He made the Pro Bowl multiple times. And the other defensive end position, I just want to say this could have easily gone to Mario Williams or a few other guys in the old days, but I gave it to Aaron Schobel because I think Aaron Schobel is one of the most underrated defensive end in Bill's history. Um, he was pretty dominant during that or during that part of the Bills when they weren't making the playoffs. I mean, Aaron Schobel was just a wrecking crew. Him and Ryan Denny together, I think that Bill's defense was severely underrated. And Schobel's second all-time in sacks for the Bills. Phil Hansen is another guy you could have probably thrown here as well. But I really liked Aaron Schobel's game, so I gave him the nod there. Um, my two outside linebacker spot positions, they went to some older Bills in Cornelius Bennett and Daryl Talley. Middle linebacker was kind of tough because I slightly wanted to give it to Tremaine Edmonds because I think by the end of his Bills career, I think he's going to be a Bill for life. He's just so talented at such a young age. Um, I really, really think he's going to go down as one of, if not the best Bills middle linebacker of all time. But for right now, I gave the nod to London Fletcher just because I know he also wasn't on the Bills for a long time, but his impact on the field was just second to none. Um, him and Takeo Spikes together were just two bad dudes. And I really wanted to put Takeo Spikes on this list, but I couldn't give him the nod over Bennett or Talley. But I think London Fletcher is one of the best Bills middle linebackers of all time. And I do think that Edmonds is going to get there one day. Uh, cornerbacks. One of them is going to be a current one in Tredavious White. I think if you watch any Bills football now, you know that Trey White is one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. And we're hoping that with Bills lock him up long term and he's going to be a cornerstone in the Bills history books for the cornerback position. And then Butch Bird is the other one, the all-time leading interception leader for the Bills. Um, really great. Free safety, I went with Mark Kelso. And then strong safety, I actually went with Micah Hyde. Um, same type of thing, just his impact, kind of like London Fletcher, even though he hasn't been here for too, too long. You know, I think he's going to still stick around here for the remainder of his career. Um, he's very good at reading defenses, great leader. Um, you know, guys like Dante Whitner, Jairus Bird, uh, Aaron Williams, some of those guys you could have argued for this list as well. But I went with Micah Hyde. For kicker, I went with Steve Christie. The all-time leading point getter as far as kickers goes in Bill's history. Brian Mormon was an easy one for punting. Also because he took that 
awesome hit from Sean Taylor in the Pro Bowl and took it like a champ. And then as far as return, I mean, Steve Tasker is obviously greatest returner of all time, so he'll be like kind of my special teamer guy. As far as returners go, I chose Terrence McGee, even though you probably could have given it to Leos McKelvin because I think a lot of Bills fans dislike Leos McKelvin. And the sole reason I'm not putting him on this list because of his fumble against the Patriots and a few other fumbles that he had. And Terrence McGee was just as productive personally, in my opinion. So um, those are my all-time teams for the Bills. Obviously, again, subject to argue if you want. And then finally, we're going into my Sabres all-time list. So the four Lions, six defensemen, two goalies. And then I actually have five scratches. You know, usually teams get three scratches. I made five just for the four or five guys that I really thought deserved to make this team. But obviously, there's only so many spots at the forward position and defensive position. Um, so starting off first line, I just kept the French connection together. Rick Martin, Gilbert Perot, Rainer Robert. Um, one of the greatest lines in NHL history. Names are up in the Sabres uh, rafters at Key Bank Center for a reason. Um, my second line is a little interesting because I do have one player out of position, but I couldn't couldn't help myself with putting these two together in the same line. So I have Alexander McGillney on the left wing with Jack Eichel centering it, and on the right wing I put Pat LaFontaine. I know Pat LaFontaine's a center. But the idea of Jack Eichel and Pat LaFontaine playing together just was something that I really wanted to see. Um, those two skill sets. Um, I think Eichel is the only one currently on the Sabres when it's all said and done to have his name up in the rafters. I guess Donaldine has a case for that as well. But Jack Eichel is already 19th all time for Sabres scoring. So I think he's got a great shot to do that. Um, my third line I have Dave Anderchuk on the left wing, Chris Jury centering, and Danny Gare on the right. And then my fourth line, um, and like I said, because I didn't get to watch a lot of the old players in the old days, I kind of went with guys I've gotten to see as well more than um, the older guys, but just as skilled. Um, I went with Miroslav Shatan on the left wing, Daniel Breer centering. And this spot was super tough. I ended up going Thomas Vanek on the right wing just for pure goal scoring. Um, there's a lot of other guys I wanted to put there, but I went with Vanek. Um, for defense, my first pair I went with Phil Housley and Mike Ramsey. My second defensive pair I went with Brian Campbell and Alexi Zitnik. And then my third pair I went with Jim Schoenfeld and Rasmus Dahlin. Again, Dolly and Eichel are pretty much on this list because I believe that they have the skill set to finish as some of the greatest Sabres of all time. And then goalies, it's really not even a hard question at all. Hatchick will be the number one, and Ryan Miller would be the backup. The two best goalies in Sabres history. Ryan Miller has an argument as the best U.S. goaltender in NHL history. Um, and then my five scratches of guys who I really thought deserved to be on this list, just, but there was enough spots. So Jason Pominville was a guy I debated between him with the Shatan and Vanek line. Um, Don Luce, you could easily argue putting him in instead of a Breer or Jury. Um, Max Finneganov, I think, is another guy who's underappreciated in his tenure with the Sabres. I believe he's 18th all-time on the scoring list. Just super blazing speed, underappreciated in his uh, part um, when the Sabres made some deep playoff runs. Mike Foligno, another guy, a dad of Marcus Foligno and Nick Foligno, both NHLers. Marcus used to be a Sabre. 
And then for defense, Jerry Korab, I thought, could have been on there as well. Um, but I, like I said before, Darlene was more of just because of the potential in the future. So that's my all-time Sabres lineup and Bills lineup. Um, like I said, obviously, they're all, those are all subject to argument, but those are just my personal thoughts. But yeah, that's going to do it for today's episode. Um, appreciate y'all tuning in. I'm going to come back for another episode this week. Um, this one's probably going to be on Saturday. It's probably going to be a little longer. I have to do a little more research. Um, I'm going to talk about the Olympics being postponed, the top 10 athletes in today's game across all sports, and then I'm going to talk about why I feel that the winter athletes um, should be giving an extra year of eligibility along with the spring athletes that they just got granted. Um, the winter ones were not, and I think that's not fair. Um, a lot of those kids worked super hard to compete for a national championship um, in their sport, and you know they don't get to play out their rest of their senior season. And I just don't think that's right. Um, so I'm going to talk about why I feel like they deserve that um, on Saturday. But yeah, thank you all for tuning in again. Hope everyone's staying safe and staying inside, flattening the curve and whatnot. Um, and yeah, appreciate you all tuning in, and I'll see you guys on Saturday.